0: Hello, and welcome back to the Cuse Conversations podcast. We are the only podcast being produced by Syracuse University alumni for Syracuse University alumni. My name is John Boccasino, and I am the communications specialist in the Office of Alumni Engagement here at Syracuse University. I'm also a proud 2003 graduate of the SI Newhouse School of Public Communications with a broadcast journalism degree. Well, folks, we are pleased today on the Cuse Conversations podcast to welcome on Aaron Robinson, a member of the class of 2003. He had a retail degree from VPA. Uh, He has a long affinity with Syracuse, and uh, he is also doing some great work. In Baltimore, there's a new podcast uh, that is coming up on its first year in existence called the No Picks After Dark Podcast. It has been nominated uh, for one of the best podcasts in Baltimore. We'll tell you how you can go and vote for Aaron's podcast. But uh, Aaron is doing great work telling stories of people in Baltimore who who are really making a difference in their community. And uh, Aaron, I really want to thank you for coming on the podcast.
1: Hey, I appreciate you guys uh, reaching out. It's an honor and pleasure to be on this. So thank you so much.
0: Part of the fun Aaron with this podcast is we get a chance to, uh, you know, highlight our alumni who are making a difference in their communities and with over 250,000 alumni around the world, there's a lot of stories and everyone's got a great story to tell. But I think yours is is fascinating because you know you mentioned really not having any sort of history or connections or even basic information about how to get a podcast off the ground. And yet you launched this podcast you know about a year ago. Uh, what was your thought process? What did you want to achieve uh, with the No Picks After Dark podcast?
1: You know, when I first started the podcast, um, I just wanted to talk about You know my college years and whatnot and you know i'm still friends with a lot of guys from who i graduated from 03 and i just wanted to talk about them and talk about their lives now and whatnot and it the story it it changed quickly because people were like we have a lot of great stories out here that need to be told and i said okay i I don't i'm not a you know i don't know how to do any engineering or sound engineering i have no idea how to do any of this stuff so i reached out to a um, named Zach Bobo. I said, Hey man, I, I need your help. A new house grad. And he lives in Baltimore. And he said, Hey, I will help you out. I will help you buy whatever type of equipment you need and anything you need out there. Cause he was working for inside lacrosse at that point. So I said, all right, let, let's, let's go into it and let's figure out some things. So, you know, I was like, all right, let me get the equipment. So he helped me get the equipment and whatnot. And when I finally got everything together, I was like, all right, the stories I want to do, I want to do these stories. And I found the stories found me. And that's how my podcast all came together. You know, it was originally going to be one thing and then it became a whole human interest stories and people making positive impacts and things where you never give up. So that's what really how it formed. So when I first started the podcast, um, I started with all Syracuse University alumni. I did. I, and I wanted to share their stories. Uh, episode three, I think it's episode four. So episode four is the one with Garrett Arwa. He graduated from Newhouse in 03. And um, it's a great story about how he started out, new house, couldn't get a job after college, and couldn't could went back home was flipping burgers at a local diner, and he went back to grad school and became got into politics, and then he was one of the national chairs for the Obama campaign and things of that nature. He kept on, you know, progressing in, into politics. So he used his new house education and transferred to politics for communications, and now he works for Eric Holder. So that's that's a great story about, you know, pushing through, you know, if one door doesn't open, try next door. If another door opens, try next door. So that, that was one, the, one of the big ones a lot of people connected to
0: when it comes Aaron um, to, and and obviously, you know, your, your podcast, one of the cool parts is you can control, you know, the, the people you have on and you mentioned tapping into that Syracuse university network to get, you know, potential podcast guests. Uh, Before we go a little further with your actual podcast, Give our, give our listeners some background into yourself and Syracuse University. How did uh, SU enter the picture as a school for you? Wow. <laughs> so
1: we um, It's crazy. So um, I had moved from um, when I was younger. My dad worked for universities and whatnot. And uh, my dad, we were living in Dallas, Texas, and he got a job at Syracuse University. And he was a chief of public safety there. And his name is Robbie Robinson, Robert T. Robinson, for those out there. A lot of people know him. And when we moved up there, I was uh, going into my last year of middle school. And it's funny. I didn't like Syracuse in the beginning. I will be honest. I'm I'm originally from Baltimore, Maryland. And growing up back in the day was Georgetown Warriors. I loved Georgetown. That's where I went. That was my school, which is kind of funny now talking about it. (laughs) And, And so I loved Georgetown and I did not like Syracuse. I would just like, you know, I just didn't like anything about it. And when we moved up there, it was kind of like, all right. Well, I've never been up here. Let's let's give it a try. I'm living here now, and um, I fell in love with Syracuse from that point on. And I, when I applied to colleges, I knew I wanted to go to Syracuse the whole time. So, um ended up going to Syracuse and um, majoring in retail, and um, I, I loved it. And I would never trade it. I wouldn't trade it for the world. My younger sister ended up going to Syracuse. She's a Syracuse alum also. She was in the Syracuse dance team. So, it, I mean, I'm connected all throughout the Syracuse University. So. Uh, I have orange in my blood, as they would say.
0: So if I asked you your favorite player, John Wallace, or AI, you'd have the right answer this time around, right?
1: Yeah, I would. I definitely would. I mean, it's it's his weekend coming up, so uh, yes, definitely John Wallace for sure. Uh, my, you know, it's one of my favorite players actually um, is Todd Bergen. That's a long, old way back. Uh, he was a lefty, smooth shooting left-hander. A person from Detroit, Michigan. He was real. I liked him a lot.
0: Yeah, Todd Brigham was part of that team with Otis Hill and yeah. Jason Sepola. Made the Final Four championship run in '96. Unfortunately, lost to the Kentucky NBA team with Antoine Walker and Ron Mercer and Tony Delk and you know, Walter McCarty. I mean, those guys were all NBA guys heading up there in Syracuse had John Wallace, but it's so great to get the honor for John Wallace's Saturday versus North Carolina. So Aaron, it seems like you've definitely changed your your tune a little bit about the orange and we're glad that you embraced, you know, having Syracuse. Um, when you, when it came to your, your major here at Syracuse, why, uh, why retail? What did you want to get out of your degree? You know, it's crazy. You know,
1: when I looked at, at, at the majors and whatnot, I always was into fashion and things of that nature. And I was like, Oh, I want to be a buyer. I want to work for Macy's and work, you know, work on Fifth Avenue and, you know, wear a suit and be a design, you know, things of that nature. And I was always interested in that. And I really, I, it didn't happen that way. Um, I was fortunate enough to sit down with a CEO of a company. Uh, it was thing called, it's called the Jeanette Lecture Series. I don't know if they still have it at Syracuse. And it was all the CEOs from Fortune 500 retail companies would come in. And I was fortunate to sit down with um, the CEO of Wegmans, Danny Wegman. And that point, that changed my life. Uh, again, I went from wanting to do retail to like, you know, clothing. And he was like, hey, you should come work for Wegmans. And I was like, a grocery store? He's like, yeah. And, uh, you know, I have friends who are like, oh, I got an internship here, internship there. And I was like, you know what? Let's go. Let, let's try it out. Let's see what happens. And uh, it was a beautiful. It was a beautiful thing. And I started working for Wegmans uh, in two thousand and two summer, 2002, mm-hmm. I did. So it, it was, it worked out and I worked for Wegmans until 2013. So it was 11 great years working there.
0: Yeah, Wegman's obviously a a staple in these parts, and Danny Wegman is really branching out. I know there's stores down south in North Carolina. They're they're in the city. Uh, you know, I know Brooklyn. They love their Wegmans, and people really have become obsessed. I mean, it's so much more than a grocery store. So I'm glad you had a had a good experience working with them. How Aaron, then, did you transition from somebody who has a retail degree you're working in this mega store Wegmans how do you transition from doing that to getting into the world of podcasting
1: I mean I like I said, I, I left Wegmans and I uh, was like you know what I need to I want to do something that can affect my human community I wanted to do things that I feel like that'd be very positive so what I did was a little transition I um started working for this company down in Baltimore and um they were like, you know, we're helping out with the red line. And if you don't know the red line and purple line, they were going to build a subway from West Balt- from West Baltimore to East Baltimore because transportation is so poor in Baltimore. It's very poor. And you know, say for instance, you had to get, you have a job across town. It takes you two hours to get there on a the bus. And this train would have gotten people there within 30 minutes. Unfortunately, as anything happens with politics, a new uh, governor came in and killed that project. And, um, that really hurt a lot of people and uh, they laid off about 100 so uh, 100 some people and I was one to five people that actually stayed on the stayed on the job and uh I was working with the real estate team and the real estate team um the state of Maryland were like hey do you want to stay on for the purple line that that line is out in PG County it goes through Montgomery County and they're going to do a subway outside of the beltway cuz right now if you live in PG County you get to take a subway into DC to get to Montgomery County <laughs> So now they're building. So if you understand the D.C., so you know, so all these counties are around D.C., but to get to one place, you got to go into D.C. and come back out. So um, I uh, stayed on with the Purple Line, and during that time, I started like looking around, like this is crazy, you know. A lot of stories out here that could have been told, and a lot of people lost jobs in Baltimore, and a lot of opportunities, a lot of people who could have had that second chance. And I guess at that point, the podcast started brewing inside of me, and um, we fast forward a couple years after that. And, you know, I have my, I get married and we have a son, um, my wife's Larissa Robinson and she's orange, she's orange now. And my, I have a son named Luca, Robert Robinson named her, my father. And I was like, I, I need to do something. I need to do something to impact the community of Baltimore and just get stories told and give positive, positive reinforcement out there. So while I work, you know, I do my nine to five job, I would come home and like I said, do the podcast. And get stories, and get stories, and more stories, and I, I wanted to make sure that I did it right. So I reached out to the alumni network. Everybody was in new house. Hey, does this make sense? Would you listen to it? And what I did was in the beginning, I sent out like five to six different people who were new house alum, and I sent them demos of all my like my work, and I said, I need you guys to critique me and tell me what I need to do better and what I can do a better topic and things of that nature. And it's just have that network for alumni means the world. And they were, they were brutally honest. They said, this is what you need. This is what you need. And I said, I appreciate you guys. So this is where I'm at right now.
0: It seems like, and uh, Aaron, uh, of course, his podcast, No Picks After Dark, has been nominated for uh, one of the best podcasts in Baltimore. We'll tell you how you can vote uh, for Aaron's podcast coming up here in a little bit. But Aaron, obviously, to have earned uh, such an honor, you're obviously making an impact and you're telling these gripping stories um, that are making a difference. And you're, you're really trying to shine a light on an area of Baltimore that as you know, sometimes gets dragged through the mud nationally. I know that you know sometimes people like to really take pot shots at Baltimore, and I know there's some struggles uh, that the city has been going through, but you're clearly very proud of Baltimore. How do you feel your podcast is making a difference when it comes to, again, shining a positive light on the great things that are happening in your city?
1: Well, I try to – I have (laughs) 52-plus episodes, and I wanted people – to see how well rounded I was when I did this podcast. Um, I'll get now I'll get to the Baltimore question. So, what I did was I interviewed, like I said, all series alum, but it helped for people who I knew who lived in Baltimore. They were like, Wow, this is your friend, you, you know, somebody who worked with Obama. Or, I uh, had another friend, um, her name is Lisa, um, Lisa Udavia, and um, she Lisa Udavia Goldberg, she's in the New House Hall of Fame. And she helped write Bridesmaids and, and interviewed her. And I, it was just giving people reinforcement like there are great people out here working hard and you can achieve the goal you want to achieve, you know? Um, another guy by the name of Jaden Hall, who's I I was a new house guy 04. And he's a director of, you know, he does, he works for Liongate now. And he directs current series. And it's amazing all these you know, all these people who are doing great jobs. And I wanted people to say, all right, wow, this guy knows some impressive people out here. And these people are doing and their stories, I mean, Jade will tell you he got fired five or six times and he got or got laid off, but he kept on going. You know, Lisa used to flip pancakes and work at a diner while working in Hollywood. So to relate this back to Baltimore, I wanted people to understand, hey, this, this couldn't be you. You could just work harder, you know, work through adversity. And then what I did was I related with the stories that's going on in here now. I try to reinforce my neighborhood. Um, the lady by the name of Nicole who just moved to Baltimore a year ago and she lives in my neighborhood, like a little bit further South and it's a food desert. She said, you know, what? I'm sick of people, uh, fried chicken joints, Chinese restaurants One a corner. I want natural whole foods. I want like a food that somebody else will have in a different area. And she now she created the market called the market at Montebello. And it happens every third or fourth Saturday. And it's beautiful. All natural organic foods that you can pick up produce, um, ice cream, just anything you're lactose intolerant and it's them those two opportunities. And a lot of people didn't know about that. They're like, wow, I can't wait for this farmer's market to start back up again this summer. Um, another incident where I have with um, young men who are really working hard and they, they live in West Baltimore and they started a sports program and they're doing an excellent job of helping young black men succeed because uh, uh, they what they said was black young black men over there, they think crime is normal. They think death is normal. And they want to shine like, hey, there are other things. Let's travel and play sports. Let's get into coding. And they have a program from kids from, I think let's say six to 14, I want to say. And it's just something that's really, really inspiring. And, you know, most TV stations, most radio stations won't pick these things up. But I want to shed light on a lot of
0: different things that are going on at Positive, you know, in Baltimore and
1: entrepreneurs that are doing a great job out here.
0: If you go to any of your podcasting platforms and search in No Picks After Dark, you will get a chance to listen to almost 60 episodes, uh, 52 at least right now at last count, including a great football episode about the West Baltimore Stallions, uh, titled La Familia. That is the most recent one. Uh, looks like it's a, it's a once a week podcast that Aaron is dropping on you. And please, folks, I meant I encourage you to go out there. It's just it's awesome to listen to these stories because, again, they're raw. They're authentic. And Aaron, I think one of the best things I can say about you as as your podcasting style, and I've listened to a bunch of these getting ready for the interview, is that you're just very real. You're authentic. There's not any sort of, you can tell it's not about you. You just want to be the vessel that goes out there and and, and communicates and shares, again, these great notable stories that aren't getting picked up by the local news outlets and that you might not have any way of knowing about if you didn't listen to the podcast when you look back at your body of work of all these podcasts what are some of the stories that still stick with you of guests that you've had on when you're just like that was so powerful it was so gripping the subject that you had on that week I mean
1: I, there's so many I mean I i mean I don't want to cherry pick in from any of the podcasts because the, um, they're all impactful to me I mean they were just blown me away I want to say Garrett Arwitz I mean I've known him since 1999 folks. We were both freshmen at Sadler Hall.
0: Yes. Sadler (laughs) represent.
1: Yeah. So, and, um, (laughs) and I mean, him and I became friends. I mean, I was a guy from Syracuse. He was from New Hampshire and he was one of the smartest men I've ever met in my life. Now I will tell you that when we became best friends, he was my best man, at my wedding. And to hear his story just blew me away. I mean, I, I mean, this guy could write a paper with his eyes closed and and you tell him something, he can write it like anybody I, I know. And even my parents like this, this guy, he's one of the smartest people we've ever seen. And for him to go through not getting a job out of college, he was so persistent. Like, I'm going to make it happen. You know, he he humbled himself and said, hey, I'm going to work at a local diner and just get it done and go to school and try to figure things out. um His story is wild because. He couldn't get in that, in that army because he had. So he, they found out he had a medical condition and got rejected from there. So he never. He, it was like a couple years until he could find a job, and now he's doing really great in in Washington D.C. And he's working for redistricting in D.C. with um, uh, Attorney General uh Eric Holder right now. So he's doing director of campaigns for National Democratic redistricting right now, which is awesome. So that that story was very impactful. Um. Another one that I mean, there's so many as, as young lady, another Syracuse person. I'm gonna give a plug to uh, her name's Sarah Williams. She graduated '03 from Syracuse, and she hated her job and just quit her job. And it's like I'm gonna travel the world. And she got she has she's driving across the United States right now and just seeing America and touring all the monuments. And I'm like that's scary because we're all 38, 39 years old. I couldn't imagine doing that. But, you know, with the podcast, I'm following her and we're updating once a month on her journeys and where she's been. So that's very impactful. Um, just anything in Baltimore, the entrepreneurs out here that are working hard to make a name in Baltimore. That's what I like. Um, I had another good one with uh, Siobhan and um, another young lady, uh, Megan Knight, who are both new house grads. And they're both on TV in Baltimore. And they came in as Aaron, we'll help you out. And they, are, they do like a food thing called Taste Buds, W M A R. And they told people all about really good places in Baltimore. I had so much feedback that people were like, I never knew this part of Baltimore existed. I didn't know where you get food over here. I didn't know you can get that. Um, that's another one. And I think the biggest impact one was mental health awareness um, that was with Dr. Louisa Footman, uh, a lot of people. That's a really big topic nowadays. And, and we really got into it. And I wanted people to hear the story. And she tells many stories about warning signs and things of that nature. And a lot of us have known people who have committed suicide. And what are the signs? Where are things that we can check out? And uh, the thing that was very impactful was uh, a young lady texted me and said, "Aaron, my daughter, who is in high school, sat and listened to that the mental health awareness, and she cried because she recognized he had friends like that." And that tore at my heart because I was like, "I'm making an impact right now." And this is for a high school kid who doesn't know me for Adam for you, but took time to stay in the car listen to the podcast with her mother. It's an impact and people are listening. So I just keep on doing it. And like you said, I'm just a vessel. I'm not here to make me Joe millionaire. I'm not here to do all that. I'm here to get the real stories out, not to be biased, not to be slanted, just to tell how it is and let people tell their stories. And that's what it's all about people. And, and I, again, I appreciate you guys. Give me this platform just to say this, and I, I, I'm just honored again, humbled to have this time to
0: talk with John. Well, Aaron, it's, it's trust me, it, it's deserving and it's warranted. And yeah, I mean, the the mental health awareness episode from November 18th is one of the longer ones that's out there, but it's it, it's compelling, it's gripping. And, and the fact that you're, if you can even reach one person, uh, make a difference and try to get them to take a different outlook, I think that mental health awareness is one of those stigmas in this country, especially amongst men who really... Will sweep their feelings under the rug versus exposing it and actually dealing with what they're going through. I think that it's so powerful, you know, what Dr. Footman's message happened to be out there during that episode. And of course, all these podcasts are available by searching. It's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it. Uh, You search No Picks After Dark. You can find Aaron's podcast. And uh, the fact, Aaron, that you stay so humble and so driven and so committed to storytelling. Can you give us a little insight? What kind of preparation do you do for a podcast? How do you get yourself ready to go out there and tell some of these stories that like you've mentioned, they can be pretty emotional. They can be pretty gripping.
1: What I do honestly is I, um, I sit down and I sit down with my wife and I tell my wife, like, Hey, what do you bounce ideas off my wife and say, Hey, what do you think about this? You know, do you think, this conversation can be, should be told, should we talk about these things? And she's like, you know what, go ahead. You know, you have a good report with so many people in the in neighborhood in the area in, in the city of Baltimore that they would love to talk about it. And what I do is I research, I, I study, I look at what, what, what what's the topic I'm going to talk about today? Who are these people? Uh, I don't just pick a random Joe or Sarah off the street. That doesn't work that way. I want to know a little bit more about your history. And what I normally try to do is I try to sit down with you before and say, hey, you know, let me let, let's talk. Let's talk about dynamics of what's going on. What, tell me your story. And they tell me a little bit about their story. And I say, OK. And you see if like if they're genuine and you you, you ask them, say, hey, uh, can we really let's let's make this happen. And a lot of people are like, you know what, let's do it, Aaron, and, you know, just because they're nervous. they're Like, I don't want to hear my voice on the microphone. And what I do is I prep them. I send probably 20 questions to them before the interview happens because there's nothing weird about like me, like radio. When is that pause and quiet? That's, that's, that's the death of everything is silence. And I want to make sure they're prepared. So there's no uh-oh moment. I don't want that moment to happen. So uh, I, that's what I do. I, I do a lot of homework and I prepare. I had something this morning where I had met with a person who reached out to me and was like, Hey, I really want to talk about, the Northeast Baltimore corridor, how it's one of the best corridors in in the area, how it's becoming much more popular for millennials, a young, lot of young couples. I said, all right, let's sit down and talk about it. And after, you know, hearing her story, I said, you know what, this will work. And I, I want to make sure, like I said, this, I live in Northeast Baltimore. So I, I want to really impact the neighborhood. And then I interviewed right after that, I interviewed uh, a big time coffee shop. That's really big in Baltimore, in the Baltimore er- area, and a lot of entrepreneurs and small business owners now have have reached out and said, Hey, can I be on your podcast to tell our story? And I'm like, that's what it's all about telling your story because you know what you, we we have the Amazons, we have the Starbucks, we have the big uh, stores, of the world, but what about the stores that your neighbor owns? Support your neighbors that live in your neighborhood. And that's one of the big things I'm pushing also.
0: Obviously, this wasn't the path that you set out to uh, go down when you went to Syracuse, but I'm sure there were lots of lessons from your time here uh, with uh, with Syracuse that have impacted and made a difference on your life. What are some of the biggest lessons that you learned from your time here at SU?
1: I mean, there's so many great things I've learned from Syracuse. Uh, just communication. I remember the first class I ever taken was at Syracuse it was Speech 101 or something like that. And I went up there and I spoke in front of the camera, <laughs> and um, it was terrifying. And I remember the teacher, <laughs> the teacher was like, "You um, just got a D for this." And it was every everybody that it. it was the first part, the first day of class, spoke in front of the camera, and you didn't realize how bad you looked and how bad you sounded because <laughs> you're like, oh, "I can talk in front of the camera," but no. And um, from that one point on, you know, I try to make sure that I listen and listen to people thoroughly. And Syracuse taught me so many things, invaluable relationships, friendships, networking. You know, I used to be envious of the house guys because I was I starting a couple of their movies, and I used to watch how they used to edit, and like, wow, that's pretty cool. Said, how did you do that? And they would say, hey, come on, show, I will show you. And I always feel comfortable with my Syracuse family. Anywhere I go in America, I can go there and call and say, hey, I'm from Syracuse. Hey, come on out, meet us out here, have dinner with me and my family. So what I've learned from Syracuse is friendship, family, learning how to research on your subject and understanding what you're doing and having a purpose of things. So, again, it's not the road that I thought I was going to be taking. Um, do I think I want to take this to another level? I would love to. But I guess, you know, those are the things that I'm still trying to figure out as far as, you know, where do, what's, what's my next step in this journey of podcasting? Do you know, is there is there something out there for me? Or is there a lane that I can jump into?
0: If you had to look into your crystal ball a little bit, uh, and I know this podcast has evolved, the No Picks After Dark has evolved from what you wanted it to be at the beginning to what it is now. Where do you you see the podcast going? What are some other goals and objectives that you want to achieve with this really important storytelling tool that you've got?
1: You You know, I want more people to listen. I mean, I feel like these are stories that happen in every community. Every community we live in, it happens. I would love to work for like an NPR. I don't have training for that, but again, I would love to work for NPR and, and tell the student and do the story and and have a little backing where I could talk about a little bit more in depth on things and report on things that I see in the city and people who are doing great things. Again, you, like you said in the beginning, there's a lot of negative things out there that the media portrays about crime and all this stuff. And, but there's people who are doing their best. I went to a, Seminar the other week, a young lady was crying because she had lost her, her brother and lost many, like other f- members of her family from crime. And she's like, I'm out there all every day. I'm out in the corners, making sure things are bit better, making sure, you know, asking these young kids, Hey, can I take you off ice cream? Can I do something for you? They, you know, make your day better and give them hope because there's so many different layers out there that people need to understand about crime and how things Baltimore, it's a blue collar city and a lot of things, a lot of the corporations have left. So a lot of jobs have left, but we've never recovered. Unfortunately, again, there's a lot of layers. So where do I see myself? I mean, honestly, I would, I'm open to anything. And I would love to be on a radio station or do a podcast for NPR or any, anything like that, because I feel like the story has been told. I have a huge following right now. Um I have it, my biggest following is Maryland. Obviously my second biggest following is New York because of Syracuse. And um, my third biggest following is California. So, I mean, people are listening and they, and they love it. And, you know, sometimes I remember last year I wanted to give up and I had friends said, this is the, this is great. This is impactful. And I'm like, all right, you know, so <laughs> I'm going to keep on going. But so my crystal ball, hopefully within the next two or three years, I would love to work for one of those agencies. And, you know, I don't come back. I don't come from a communication background, but I would sure hope that you knowing that if these guys like Shaq and each other celebrities can do it why can't I do it? Who's getting the
0: real, the real stories. What was it, Aaron? I want to go back to something you just mentioned a couple of seconds ago. You mentioned uh, thinking about giving up uh, on the podcast. What was, what was going on with the pod at the time and uh, what ended up making you change your mind? I'm I'm glad you did change your mind because again, this content is engaging and it's, it's really compelling storytelling, but what was going on that made you contemplate possibly giving it up?
1: You know, it is the first time I'm actually going to admit this society, society as a whole, you know, you realize to promote and market your product nowadays is different from when when you and I went to college. It's all about social media, which is crazy, you know? And you look at some of the people who you started with as far as the podcast and like people who started around the same time you did. And you're looking on social media. These guys are on Twitter 15 hours a day. I'm like, I don't know how you guys are doing this. Promoting, 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 promoting. And I'm like, I I have a son. I got a family. I got to have a nine to five. And and then you see people having, oh, I just hit 10,000 downloads. I just hit 15,000 downloads. And I'm like, I'm getting there. I'm like, I'm close. But I'm like, how am I not hitting that stride? It's there. And, and that's what happens. And when you get caught up in it, and I stepped back for a second and I literally was like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. And there was a big article in the paper and Apple, Apple, they was talking about How people were quitting and they just, it was the pod stop or whatever it may have been. And I said, no, let me think about this. So what I did was I cleared my mind and went to a comedy show. And I heard this young lady that was awesome. It was an open mic comedy. And I said, hey, do you want to come on the podcast? Took a leap of faith. And she was a Towson State professor, still is right now. She's one of the hottest now comedians in the Baltimore area right now. And I was able to interview her. And after interviewing her saying, she's like, you know, Aaron, I, I do my I do my schoolwork, you know, I'm a professor, and then I do when I get out of work, I do my comedy. And I'm like, Wow. And I was like, and she her and I got along so well. I was like, This is a really good conversation. And it was one of the first people that actually I stepped out of my Syracuse connections. The first person I really did. And from that point on, it was like, All right, you know what? I can do this. I can play with the big boys and record and do this. So that's what that's what inspired me. Just a little thing where I just went out and was like, let's let's change, let's change the script on this. I can do it. I can. Don't look at what society's holding you against. Like just because they're on Twitter for 12 12 hours a day promoting, telling you this, you, you do you get you get lost in the shuffle when you just it's like, why am I not doing this? And so that's where it came from. But luckily, I worked through that and I was able to talk to my wife, and talk to friends. Are like, you are impactful. And then when I met the young lady Abby Mello, who's a comedian. I was like, hey, do you want to come to my show? She's like, I would love to. And from that point on, I was like, I can do this. And I can, I can produce a great product out here for these people. And I was already doing it
0: already. We're really happy, Aaron, that you stuck with it. Because again, it's just, it's so awesome. And and listen, you know, I want to give our listeners some insights and background too. Aaron's a classmate of mine. We're both 2003. We both were here at the same time when Sony mentioned being a freshman in 99. I was Sadler 308. He was Sadler. You know, we share those experiences and that brings you together as part of the strength of the alumni network, but you also wanna see Orange alumni succeed And knocked down those barriers, and it would have been easy to say, you know what, it's too much. There's too much going on. I got a young kid at home. I got a family. I got a full time job. But keep on powering through. Keep on telling those great stories. And uh, and speaking of that, Aaron, let our listeners know how can they vote in this Best of Baltimore category because we want to try to lift you up to win the award for Best Podcast in Baltimore. So how can our listeners vote and support your podcast?
1: Uh, That's easy. You know, you can all you have to do is go on to uh, Google Baltimore Sun Readers Choice 2020. Uh, again, Google Baltimore Sun Reader's Choice 2020. You click on media, and under media, you will find um, news anchors and things of that nature, and I'm under under podcasts. So that's where you can find me under the podcasts. Uh, again, I'm going against WIPR, which is NPR down here. I'm also going against Enoch Pratt, which is one of the biggest libraries in the whole Baltimore region that has a podcast. I'm the only one that's independent that's working out either his basement or he's working out of a, a co-working space called function co-working that has been very helpful when let me record in their co-working space. So Baltimore Sun Reader's Choice 2020, go on that, click on that, click on that, and once you click on that, then it will take you right to um the voting where it says it'll have different categories. And you can go to media, and once you click on media, you scroll down to podcast and it's gonna be called No Picks After Dark. And that's where you click on, you can vote. You can vote every single day, folks. You can vote every single day until March 6th. That's the beautiful thing about it.
0: Orange nation. Let's go stuff that ballot box and get Aaron's podcast up there. The recognition that it deserves Aaron. It's truly been a pleasure having you on the podcast. I really enjoyed catching up with you. Best of luck with your work with no picks after dark. And uh, we can't wait to see what stories you come up with in the future.
1: Hey, like I said, I appreciate it. It was honored. I'm humbled to be on this and, um, you know, just anybody out there who's even a college student or alumni, you know, just put your mind to it. You know, you work hard. That's one thing Syracuse taught me is work hard, you know, figure it out, keep on working through the problems and you can do it. And again, I wasn't trained to edit. I wasn't trained how to speak on a mic. Uh, I just want to say thank you to a couple people, if you don't mind, do you just some some alumni, uh, Sarah, uh, she's an alumni president um, in, in Baltimore. Her name's Stephanie. She's one that really helped me out with it learning how to edit and taking time to show me how to do things. So I want to say thank you to her and Zach Bobo, another Syracuse alum who really helped me out and said, Hey, this is what you need to do, Aaron. And just everybody who supported me throughout this whole process, my wife, you know, my family, and just all my Syracuse alumni friends. When I taped them, when I was in LA, they let me tape them, <laughs> which is crazy, but they, it was, they, they really helpful and, uh, alumni in Miami and everywhere else. So I, I, I thank you guys. I'm humbled by this. I'm honored to be on this beautiful podcast I've seen his podcast I've listened to the podcast I'm like these guys are awesome and just to be on the same page as a Cam was a Cam Lynch and uh, other Beth Moans that that's a truly honor and I, I hope alumni out there please listen to the podcast and it you know it's labor of love you know it's one of those things that if you really really want to hear some real stories is out there and um, you can find me on um no pics of the dark podcast on Facebook and I'm on Instagram no pics of the dark podcast also and I have a website coming up very soon.
0: So celebrate the whole one year. Well, Aaron, we'll make sure to to give your podcast all the love we can. We appreciate, again, you stopping by and sharing some of these great stories. And it's a pleasure to have you on here on the Qs Conversations podcast. Folks, please make sure to support No Picks After Dark podcast. Thanks for checking out the latest installment of the Cuse Conversations podcast. You can find our podcast on all of your major podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. You can also find our podcast at alumni.syr.edu slash CUSE Conversations and anchor.fm slash CUSE Conversations. My name is John Boccasino signing off for the CUSE Conversations podcast.